The sermon for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 33 to 46. Uh, the sermon is entitled, The Cornerstone. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Today in our Gospel text, Jesus teaches another parable as the days were drawing near to his own crucifixion upon the cross. And just as it was like it was in last week's gospel text, Jesus continues to speak to the same audience, that is, the religious leaders, the chief priests, and the Pharisees. Now, in any parable, it's so important to classify the characters within the parable, within the story, For they provide much clarity to how we see what Jesus is teaching. And therefore, as we look at the parable of the tenants, there we see the master of the house. And of course, the master is the Lord. We see the servants, the ones who were sent, the prophets of old, who proclaim the word, the call to repentance. We also are met with the tenants of the vineyard. And these tenants were the workers, namely Uh, the religious leaders, the the audience to which he is speaking to. And of course, after every servant was sent, there is the son of the master, and that son, namely, is the son of God, Jesus Christ. So with this in mind, we have the master who planted a vineyard with a wine press, and he leased it to the tenants, and he went to another country. And when the season of fruit drew near, the master of the course sent his servants to the tenants to see, to account for the fruit. Yet lo and behold, the tenants, and again, who agreed to a lease. Now, the nature of any lease is one of, uh, is temporary by nature, set by a period of time. And as the servants were sent, what happened? The tenants beat one killed another, and stoned another. Clearly, the tenants, as we would describe them, were very ruthless, angry, violent, hateful, hostile, and ultimately full of rejection. It's interesting because this land, this vineyard was not there. This was in the ownership of the master, yet they treated this vineyard as if it was their own. Yet another interesting aspect of this parable is of the master. One would assume after seeing a beaten servant as he sent this one first initially, he would say, red flag, why would we send another servant? Yet the master sent one after the other. And yes, we here see the true colors of the master. Persistently merciful. Continuously graceful. Time and time again, patient and enduring. One after the other sent into the vineyard these servants were. Yet there would be the same results. And of course... I think if we were all the masters, we would say, that's enough. No more sending. Yet the master is not like us. No, the master says, no, I have a better idea. That's right. 
maybe if I send my son, they will respect him. Now, history says, highly unlikely, history says, doubtful, no chance at all. And here we meet the tension of the parable. As the tenant said, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. Again, tenants, they are not the owners. They are merely tenants. And believing that they can somehow control and gain an inheritance from the master if the son is killed. Think about that. How does that even make sense? How preposterous does this plan sound? They were acting as though they were the cornerstone of the vineyard. Jesus was teaching this parable to the religious leaders who were acting in this same way. They thought they owned the place. They thought that they were the cornerstone, that they had so much confidence in themselves that all these servants, this word of God in their midst, they wanted nothing to do from St. John the Baptist to Jesus, the call to repentance. No. And this was the great deception of the religious leaders. They thought they had the control even the point of waiting in that very moment to trap the Son of God even unto death. Believing they were the master, believing that they were the cornerstone, well, they rejected Christ. See, friends, Jesus is using this opportunity of parables to call them to repentance. Yet in this calling, they clearly show their true colors. Rather than trusting in the cornerstone that is Christ, who was in their midst time and time again, giving them the word, preaching to them, giving the call to repentance, yet they fled to their own way as if they were the first block of this building. They fled as if they were the cornerstone, trusting in their way, trusting in self, trusting in the flesh, all the way to rejection. Friends, the cornerstone is everything of a building. The cornerstone is the rock. The cornerstone connects every other piece of that building. And the base to which any building is constructed, the cornerstone is the all-important piece. The religious leaders failed to see this all-important peace that was in their midst. And thus they failed to hear, hear, listening to what Jesus was teaching them. Look at your verse there in the beginning. It says, Jesus said, hear another parable. Right? He's telling the religious leaders to listen Hear these very words that I'm about to tell you, because I know your hearts. Your ears are full of idolatry, full of control, full of your own power and authority that does not hear the words of the Lord. And thus this cornerstone is dismissed, neglected and ignored. Yet without the cornerstone, where would we be? Without the first piece of a building, who would build such a building? 
It would only end with a collapse, a full collapse. It would be a disaster, full of chaos and disorder. It would be the fall and being left in the fall without any remedy, without any promise, left in despair and eternal condemnation. Without the cornerstone of Christ, who would account for our sins? What would be of our death? Where would we have this comfort of the gospel? And this is what the religious leaders were facing. They were so confident in themselves. And Jesus was calling them, right? Bringing the sharp word of the law to crush them of their own confidence. Because the devil's aim is to say, that's right. You are steadfast in yourself. You have your own foundation. You need no one else. You do not need the cornerstone of Christ. No need of the word. No need of the sacraments. No need of the law and the gospel, of course. No, the foundation is set. It is you. Because you are the master architect. You are the captain, you are the pilot, you are the builder, and better yet, you are the first piece. You are God. Humbly speaking, we all know how this plays out in our life. You know, we, we love to be God. We hunger to be the cornerstone. We, we, we thrive and, and strive to be that first piece because we want control. This is the attractiveness of our sinful nature, the lust for what we desire in our sin. The hunger of a covetous heart living this life as if we are our own little gods trying to fill the empty void, trying to fill that first block with all the idols that says, I will dispense all that you need, but at the end of the day, all you have are empty promises from this world, from the devil himself. Now, this is the danger of sin, my friends. The tenants, the religious leaders are clearly showing us the path of what it means to reject Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here today, because this parable, Jesus is calling them to repentance. And as faithful children of God, we hear this word, and there we confess, knowing full well, there is no confidence in ourselves. We do not bring the cornerstone to the Lord. No, we are dead in our sin. No action, no merits, no elevating, no climbing to be with God by my own effort or my own self-righteousness. No, our nature is to rebel, my friends. This is the reality ever since the fall. We're stuck. Yeah, the master of the vineyard, if he was like any other master of this world, he could have said enough. I'm sending no more servants, not even my own son. Of course not. Why would I do that? Yet remember, the master of this parable is our Lord. 
Our Lord does what he desires. His will is done. And that is the sending of his son, his only begotten son. The one that would make his way into this world, the word made flesh, that though the world would oppose him, though the world uh, would hate him, betray him, and even plot his own death, come, let us kill him. This is the cornerstone. The cornerstone is Christ. But in the midst of this hostile crowd, in the midst of a, a dead world separated from God, it is our Lord who says, I will send you my son. The one who was sent to this world, the peace, the block, the foundation, unmoved, unchanged, undeterred. The will of God is done as he sent his son to die for sinners, to die for you. This is your cornerstone. It is Christ who shed his blood on the cross at Calvary for you. And yes, though all the religious leaders thought, oh, we have him now. We, we've defeated this Christ. No, this is the cornerstone. This is the foundation. And that foundation is of the most excruciating hours endured by our Lord on that very cross. The cornerstone on full display, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and there He would fulfill the will of the Father as the will of God is done. To enter into this fiery wrath, to bear the cup that no one else could bear for you. You know, we turn to our own way, but our Lord, he sends you his son who turns to the cross to be your sacrifice. Jesus shed his blood to forgive you of all your sins. See, as you repent of your sins this morning, you are not left with wonder. You are not left with despair. But Christ gives you his word, his promise that you are absolved of all your sins. Because Christ is the cornerstone. Christ is your foundation. Christ is the one who stands in your place. Not even death could overcome our Lord. But rather Christ crushes death and defeats the devil for his resurrection proves such things. That Jesus is the Son of God, the one who died the big death, yet the tables would be turned on death that day as the empty tomb would shout victoriously and triumphantly that you, my friends, have everlasting life. In the midst of this rejection, we see our Lord's grace. Friends, we dwell upon the tenants and we ask, how could they do such things? 
And humbly we ask as sinners, how could we do such things in thought, word, and deed against God and neighbor? Yet as we repent, we rest upon the question, how could our Lord do such things for us? But friends, remember the master is the owner of the vineyard. And his will is done. And his will is Jesus. It is. Though you might think your sin is too heavy this day, though you might think your guilt is too burdensome, though your shame might be too terrifying to handle yourself, remember, you are not the first block. You are not the first piece. But rather it is Christ. And there we rest upon this very word. Salvation, forgiveness, life that flows from the cross and empty tomb, the water and the word, the body and blood of Jesus and the fellowship of this altar. This is the peace. This is the foundation. It is Christ, the cornerstone for you. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.